This week's episode, we are going to talk about the five-step decision-making model and talk about our experience when we don't follow it, the pain and the anguish and the stress when we've gotten away from this decision-making formula. The Realtor 180 podcast, where valuable conversations and industry experts collide. Let's dive in and transform your business today. I'm Cielo De La Paz, and with me today is Sean Kunkler. So, Sean, how are you today? I am awesome. How are you? I could be better. Yeah? <laughs> so, what's cooking? Do you ever feel like you have a, a, a lot going on and nothing at once? I don't know when I don't ever feel that way. <laughs> we should probably have an episode about... Overbooking yourself? Overbooking Overcommitting. and... Um, what's the other one? Uh, t- like time scarcity. I have time scarcity and I never have ever any abundance of time no. that's never happened um <laughs> anyway yeah i don't either and i feel like i r- more recently i have to get up earlier and and stay up late. It, it, just like more and more hours just yeah. be for taking on projects but i actually think that leads into this topic of today of decision making because it's like there's so many decisions that have to be made in a day like what do I delegate what do I keep on my plate what's a priority um how do I structure this how do I drive the business what direction are we going the economy's changing how do we shift in front of it like there are so many decisions in a day not counting the the very large ones yes and And you can get decision fatigue too oh my god yeah and i have a remedy for that which will i have a remedy for that too (gasps) i have one that i follow that has totally just here's my remedy (laughs) coffee (laughs) day and night drink coffee that's a great one no i have uh, i'm really excited about this topic because and we'll get into this, but I have a really good grid that I follow for decision making. Ooh. I know you have yours too. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one can actually be a downloadable because it's easier when you see it in front of you. Oh, um, but I'll talk about it. But I feel like decision making is one of the more important things because everything stems from that for your business oh. and life, uh, life yeah, in yeah. general. Agreed. So if you can learn to make decisions and. Um, I think the hard part is being okay with the decision that you made. Because sometimes I'll make a decision, but I don't know if I feel that good well, about it. <laughs> you know, and I think I think you make a fantastic point. And when we go through the five steps, step number five, literally, specifically, will address that piece yeah. of, oh, crap. It's like, ah. <laughs> uh. um, which we'll get into, which I'm yeah. really excited about. So kind of like, let's let's jump in. Yeah, okay. So first of all, okay, what happens when you don't have any kind of decision-making process? When I think most of us, until we actually get in the know of, oh, there's actually a process to this or a way to make decisions so that you are more comfortable with it. What's it like if you don't have that? What is it called? Analysis paralysis? Oh, good one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So this is really fascinating. And gosh, I wish I can cite the specific case. I won't be able to so pardon me. But there was a study where people had damaged the part of the brain that is connected to emotion. So they weren't able to feel emotion. What was also fascinating is that same group of people, they weren't able to make a decision. Oh, interesting. Isn't it? So you're saying that 
all decisions are made based on emotion. They are. Oh. And this is a, within um, psychology, this. Which is, okay, which is ironic. Because yeah. a lot of people tell you, in order to make a decision, just take the emotion out Separate of it. Separate yourself from it. Yeah, which exactly. Is, it's, which total, is it's total BS. It's total BS. Like, you literally, you literally you need it. cannot. But you can take away some of the pieces. And the irony is, uh, which we'll discuss about when you have your why, and you start evaluating off of that. It's very key. It's key. And your why is... It's it's hinged. It's rooted in your yes. soul, which yes. is like it, it's it doesn't get any more emotional than that. That is so true, and I'm glad you brought that up because your why, and I think you and I have two separate decision making models. But I feel like I haven't heard yours yet. Um, I feel like that's the core of yours, and that's the core of mine. And I think that's what made it easier for me is that it was based on my values. Yeah. And not somebody else's like, oh, this is what you should do because this is what everybody does in this situation, which is not mm-hmm. a good way to decide something. I think the a decision based on sh- social pressure and, and let's just back up really quick. Let's assume the decision you're trying to make is not illegal. It's not unethical. It's <laughs> not it's uh, it's on the moral high ground. Like you're not trying to decide yeah, if yeah. you should smoke crack today or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, which we all know like, you shouldn't. Like let's just assume we're all trying to make decisions to better ourselves, better our our community and better our community meaning our families, our colleagues, things like that. It's like a good baseline. Like yes. it's good across multiple categories. Yeah. It's not narcissistic. It's not yeah. damaging and things like that. Okay. I think making a decision based on two things is the wrong move. And that's social pressures mm. and a fear based decision. Yes. Yes. I don't think those two are your best yeah. data you, points. You can't do something because you're afraid. That's not a good and, you, and you can't you, you can't, can't not want to put yourself out there because oh what what will everybody else think like you you just can't you know it's funny because my mom has said that to me like don't do that what are people gonna think <laughs> like I actually love so and you know that I take things just, very literally yeah. and I do it almost to be funny but I will literally take that and be like oh my god what will they think and then I'll I'll actually go down that rabbit hole, and then I just come to the realization, I don't give a crap. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things. So I have two uh, ways that I help myself decide. So that is one of those things. Um, okay. Okay. So, so okay. So, so we'll, we'll, let's go get back to the beginning. Like, what yeah. happens when you don't have a good one? I'll, I'll share mine. Let me go first. Yeah. I've been known to be a waffler. Did you just ask your own question? Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm going to ask me something. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> well, because I asked you and you weren't saying it. So, like, fine. Let me be an example. Of I what need I'm to th- think. <laughs> what answer I'm expecting from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to answer it so you know how to answer it. Okay. <laughs> this okay. is your decision. Here's an example. Don't mess it up. Because <laughs> you didn't follow the first time. <laughs> Here's my example. Before I had this decision-making process, uh, people called me a waffler where I'll decide one day and it's like, oh, but I don't know. And I think, I know specifically one friend is like, you keep going back and forth. I know it was like the most frustrating thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, you're unable to decide and that is stressful. Not 
like having those thoughts running in your head over and over again should do this and that but you know you come up with a pro for this a, a con for that yeah and it's just stressful and then i honestly like for one of the things that i had to decide um, make a decision about like yeah. moving right to a new house yeah it kept me up at night i'd wake up um four in the morning unable to sleep because i'm ruminating ruminating yeah and that's from not being able to make a decision Mm -hmm. you know and i think once you're finally able to make that decision your stress level goes down you you commit and you zero in and you get rid of all of that stress i agree that you reminded me of oh god i always say this but this is gonna date me there's a, a a fantastic movie it's called seven years in tibet and it's about Brad Pitt movie. It's a Brad Pitt movie. <laughs> I'm a fan. So Brad Pitt is a, um, so I want to say he was an Austrian hiker, and he basically got lost in the mountains and found his way in Tibet. And this is like way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he meets a young Dalai Lama. And there's a, a fantastic scene when China is is posturing to invade, mm-hmm. and the Dalai Lama is just calm. Yeah. And somebody asked him, are you, are you worried about them invading? And he just very casually says, well, if they're going to invade, there's no need to worry about it because they're going to invade. And if they're not going to invade, then they're not going to invade. there's no, no need to worry about it because they're not going to invade. <laughs> and, and it's funny, but I, whenever I can't make a decision, I, I lean on that. That's it's a good like, one. That's a good one. like, you know, regardless of the outcome, yes. there's worrying about it or worrying about the other pieces of it that that are like we have things that are in our control I tell this to clients when I'm selling their homes is there are things that we can control and there's things that we cannot control and let's focus on the things that we can control because they're in our control and we can do our best work in that category but Worrying about all this like yeah. etherical stuff if this uh, meteor is going to hit the earth. Something like I don't know. We can't control that. So, so there's, can you there's no give point. me an example of a time when you were stressing out about things that you couldn't control? You know, and how did you feel? Oh, out of control. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you feel uncertain. One, one specific uh, business example. It's really weird. I usually sleep pretty well, and then if I'm stressing over a decision. Usually yeah. like four thirty in the morning. What is it about four Bloop. in the morning? My eyes open and I'm wide awake. Yeah. Like it's not like I just gently wake up. It's like oh, and this thing is just Yeah, it's your mind just kind of um there. You know, mine is like at the end of the day, I know we said like I don't care what people think, but I do care about people. Mm-hmm. And when my decisions are impacting other people's That's lives, yeah, to make that decision, it's really, it's really challenging. Yeah. And you know, it, I would say my biggest challenges within my business are either um, staff related mm-hmm. or they're client related. Yeah, and it's and it's very personal. Like if it's for a client, yeah, it's usually. If I'm representing the seller, it's it's typically some part part of the negotiation yeah. or aspects of, and then with the buyer, there's I mean it's it's so dynamic. But on like a fiduciary level, my goal, my intent is to put their needs in front of my own and help coach them in making the best decision with the information at hand. Yeah, 
And where the analytical part of my brain goes is, did I do enough research? Like, do I really have enough meat and potatoes to present to them? That's where I really agonize. How about, how about with you? I know your business is My business is very different from yours. It's not as um, high touch as yours, not as high touch as real estate. I don't have clients every day that I'm trying to constantly keep relationships with. Mm. So the decisions that I typically need to make are around what am I going to focus on? Because I am, as we said earlier, I am time strapped. Um, I don't, I'm, you know, solopreneur. I, you know, <laughs> there's only so much yeah. time you have and the decisions I need to make are with the given, the small amount of time that I have, yeah. you know, I can't do everything right for my business. I can't like, you know, decisions are like, should I launch another product or should I enhance current product? Yeah. You That's know, um, and then one of the things that I agonized over was, um, we talked about customer adv- avatars in the last episode. Yeah, I have a couple, you know, I had a couple of different ones and I could have marketed, I mean, essentially the course is the same, but the marketing, who am I marketing to? Like, who should I, because I don't have the time to market to both, nor the resources to market to both avatars. Yeah. So I was like, oh, should I do this one or that one, this one or that one? Um, and that was one of the, like, I think one of the things I, w- I was agonizing over. So I'm going to pause really quick right there and just unpack this for people who are maybe new to the show. But on episode number 11, we did a breakout conversation of what is branding, what is marketing and what is sales. And within the branding aspect, we talked about avatars and an avatar essentially is the character of your client base. So to go back to what you were saying with regards to making a decision, it -hmm. sounds like you have two very different directions you can drive your business. Yeah. Where did you get most gridlocked? Honestly, it was like a deadlock. Like one, it wasn't even pros and cons. You know, that's kind of when you first approach it. Are they though? (sighs) I always feel like there's. It was, it was. Yeah. This one was a complete tie. Do you? it, It was. It was, and then I'll tell you later. Actually, these two, because they are so closely related, I can absolutely see how those two, if you're trying to decide where to spend ad money. Right. And it's complete tie. And I tell you what broke that tie. And that brings us back down to having a good, like my grid. Mm-hmm. And have a, having a good process. Click. I'm really excited to talk about I this finally, grid because it's, it's once I really looked intriguing. looked at the grid, and yeah. then one thing is just pop. Oh, got it. Okay, that's who I'm going to target. <laughs> that makes sense. So, the way that I, I mean, l- let's just establish if you can't make a decision, if you're not emotionally involved, it's like you're going to be stuck. You, you have to make some sort of decision. Mm-hmm. So, that onto itself is the problem. Like just what's the old saying? Pooper, get off the pot. <laughs> Make a choice. <laughs> Pooper, get off the pot. Yeah. Like I don't not, just, don't just sit is there. Is that an American thing? Cause I probably like, I did not grow up around that saying. I, I, uh, if anybody is wondering, I grew up in Australia and a lot of these cultural references from the eighties. <laughs> and I just like, where's what? your accent? <laughs> Well, I was bullied in high school when I came oh, here and I got rid sad. of it. My biggest regret is getting rid of the Australian accent. You know, it comes out every once in a while. It does. We just talked about what happens when you don't have a good process yeah. to turn to. Yeah, you basically just kind of spin around and you yeah. spiral and, and you, you, there's yeah. no there's no direction or directive. Yes. And, and you wind up ruminating. Yeah, and that's the hardest part. And, and that's awful. And sometimes you... 
unfortunately, I don't want to say have to ruminate, but because you're waiting yeah. for another piece yeah, yeah, to come yeah. in. Yeah. You just, that waiting period yeah. is awful. Sometimes I kind of fall to the excuse of, well, I'm just waiting for more information to be able to make this decision. And then that often doesn't come. Yeah. You know, but there are hard times when you do need more information. It's like you need this piece of information in order to decide. But a lot of the times for me anyway, I found that that's just a delay mechanism for me is waiting for more information. Because it's like, no, like there is no more information I can have to help this decision uh, be easier. For sure. And, you know, I mean, this isn't you're, you're trying to decide to have, you know, a, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Like these are pretty pivotal decisions, decision, yes. like in, with marketing, for example, it's like, do I take a chunk of money yeah. and drive it in this direction and see what happens? Or do I take the money and put it in this direction right. and see what happens? And full knowing decision, the root word in yeah. Latin is incision to cut off from. Like uh, if yeah, I decide yeah. this, I cut off that. that. So it's yes. a little FOMO comes into play yes, of yes, yes. like, where do I really, where should I put my resources? Yeah. We did the episode of... Um, Hiring your first employee, and that was episode number nine. And my gosh, that's a huge decision because oh yeah. it's a it's a significant monetary yeah. decision, and you're impacting the livelihood of somebody else. Of somebody else, like, that is big. That is stressful. And, and they're all hinged to your decision. Yeah, like meaning like their kids, their their spouses. It's yeah. That is a big decision. And that one, yeah. I definitely deliberated for a long time, for quite a while. Yeah. Most decisions I'm fine with undoing. Yeah. I'm originally from Connecticut. I moved out here and I remember just thinking, well, if it doesn't work out, I will move back. Easy, like, easy. Yeah. There's, like, there are some decisions that you can undo without much consequence. Correct. This one, to go back, because I genuinely cared, is yeah. I just didn't want to screw up. Yeah. Somebody, somebody else. else. Yeah. Um, Sensitive so, so let's actually get into, which we've alluded to a lot, and I I just don't want to deliberate anymore. Let's make a decision. Let's make a decision. Move on. Let's up. talk about the five steps. Okay. And what are your five steps? First and foremost is identify what it is you're trying to, what is your outcome? What is your goal? What are you trying to make a decision on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Would you agree? Yep. That's Same page. Fine. Yep. Okay. Two, do your research. Yeah, which Get will, you gather your information. I do want to go back and really unpack that. I have an interesting life story okay. with regards to that. And then three, consider the outcomes. That's a good one. And then number four, this is it. Decide. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. And then this is the one we talked about earlier is five. Evaluate your decision if you should undo it. And... Yeah. When we get to it, we'll talk about give yourself some A's and B options when you get there. So then uh-huh. you don't have to re-decide what to do. Yes. You'll already have a map set up for you. Go ahead. <laughs> I know you're super excited. No, but that just, because when you're like, oh, you give yourself a plan B and C. That reminds me, though, who's that guy that you're like, there is no plan B? Oh, uh, Chris Gardner. Chris Gardner. Like, I, there's a fantastic <laughs> interview. And he's like, he's like, there's no plan B. Plan B sucks. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and the interviewer's like, um, um, okay. So <laughs> he, he totally bad, but it's true. It's like when you fully, commit. what's that? There's, um, 
Like burn, the, burn the, the boats? The, there's the explorer, right? They want to explore this far off land. I don't know who the explorer is. Just insert whomever you'd like there. They he takes a shipload of people. They get the ship to the island. They want to explore the entire island. He commands the entire crew, burn, burn the, boat. the boats. So you and they're like, well, why? And he's like, so we can't go back. Burn the boats. Yeah. Uh, that actually reminds me, really quick tangent story. So I was a tool maker. I was actually a tool maker apprentice working for my dad's company. A tool maker is, it, his company made surgical staples. And the tool is essentially the part that makes the staple and keeping all of those machines mm-hmm. in operation, essentially. And there was a point in my early 20s, I, I decided this is not my direction. Like, I, I'm, I'm just not, that's not my DNA. I don't want to do this. And I, I remember having a very hard talk with my father. And then I had an interesting conversation with my mom. And decided that I was going to quit that profession. And I had this really beautiful wood toolbox full of tools, like thousands of dollars worth of tools. And I went in to the shop one day and I opened it up and I, to my friends, colleagues, I said, take, take my tools, mm-hmm. literally take my tools. And I gave all my tools away and I came home and I told my mom, she's like, you're insane. You have Burned no, you have no way of going back. And I was like, I only Done. have to go forward. Nice. And that's when I committed, uh, committed. Yeah. I, and I fully changed directions and trajectories and obviously found myself in California shortly thereafter. That's but one good way of burning a boat. Yeah, I incinerated it. And I definitely, yes, yeah. it, it was not socially, it was not a comfortable or easy decision. Sure. You know, looking back on it, I am glad I was young and dumb at the time because <laughs> I feel like I would have made a different, more conservative decision. Yeah, decision. sometimes um, being naive and ignorant yeah. is, is works for your adva- to your advantage. <laughs> it's true. So let's, okay. let's, let's go to, to step number one. Of, um, you know, identify, how do you identify, so you talked about marketing and you can market to two different avatars. Yep. How did you choose the goal, the outcome? How did you choose what mm-hmm. direction you were going to go in? Like walk us through well, that Well, my experience. outcome was um, obviously sales, right? Who, uh, like which of these avatars would, um, you know, one is just who would actually want benefit from my course the most Mm. right and then which would obviously produce the most sales yeah and i was having a hard time because i felt like both customer avatars could use my course i mean you know iphone videography is pretty generic everybody you know can use it for so many different things um and there's a lot of customer avatars uh, but i had it narrowed down to two based on who was on my list um, and who I heard from, who took, who takes my classes at Stanford and and so on. Mm -hmm. That was the goal. The goal was, you know, who most needs my course, right? Who can I serve the most? Who can you help? Who can I help? Which that goes to decide on your why. Yeah. Like if you know your why with you, and I'm going to speak for you, but it sounds like yeah. At the, at the end of the day, you're a teacher, you're an educator, you're creative, and you want to help people tell their stories better. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's, it's so having that piece 
to me, like leaning on that to weigh those two, yeah, it helps to begin the swaying process. Right. So let's move to step two. How did you research? I did turn to my, uh, I do have a mastermind group. And obviously Mm. I was like, hey guys, ladies, it's uh, mostly women. I'm stuck with this decision. Here's, you know, uh, Avatar 1, here's Avatar 2. What do you guys think? Yeah. And my mastermind is really good because they just come back with questions and not answers. You know? (laughs) That was... Gosh, I feel like I'm just like, going to oh, reference. you're making me think through this. Can you just tell me? <laughs> Episode eight, mentors. Yes. Having, having your core sphere yes. around you. Yes. And so this um, research, I mm. guess, talking to mentors, being one of them, actually led to step three, which is consider the outcomes. Because they came back to me and asked, well, what would happen if you went with one? What would happen if you went with two? Hmm. Is it so bad if, you know, you went with one or two, you know, they made me think of the the outcomes or consequences of choosing one over the other. I agree. And in my research as well is if I'm making a decision on something, I try to figure out who is most successful in that specific category Mm -hmm. and go talk to them. Nice. Yeah. Because... Hypothetically, if you ask somebody who's not successful in that category their opinion, like if you want to know, if you have a financial question, ask Warren Buffett. Right. Sure. Yeah. He's a good resource. Right. Be a good one. But yeah. if you want to ask him about farming avocados, probably not the best resource. You'd probably <laughs> want to go ask an avocado farmer. Yeah. So it's like if you just ask the right person for. Yeah. yeah. If you pull back and you put yourself in the right environment it's easier to ask and yeah so so there's that and there's also actual real data um of course quantitative data that you should have Mm -hmm. because that always helps i mean the scientific side of me it's like i need kind of quantitative data because it's qualitative you know getting but for me i need numbers and for me i turn to the spreadsheet that i have i've surveyed my my list and i have this um of all the things, you know, of who they are, what are they interested in, why they want to learn knife and blah, blah, blah. I had actual numbers yeah. to back up that it was a very close tie. Yeah. Which made it even harder. Um, but if you can do something like that on your end, you know, qualita- uh, quantitatively, just yeah. gather, like, and get your numbers. I don't, I don't know. It depends on the decision. Like, That's for the example, research. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for example, like, when I was trying to figure out, like, should I move or not? You know, so the, the data there for me is financials, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one was more expensive, one was a lot, you know, least. And like, what are, how do the numbers shake out? And so you got, you have to have those data points as well, not just, you know, uh, advice. Well, and that goes to the research is it, it's asking yourself, I find whenever I'm stuck, I just need to ask a better question. Yeah. And the research for that is what do I need in order to make the decision? Like if it's a financial, if it's, well, I'll give you an example. I had to buy a new car. My first phone call was to my accountant. But the mistake people make in business is they go and buy something, then they try to figure out how to write it off. Mm. Such a bad sequence of events. Is the first thing I do is I call my accountant. Should I lease or yeah. buy what is going to benefit me based on all the information you have? Yeah. And then 
I put that into my research category. Yeah. It doesn't mean I've made a decision, but now I'm starting to educate myself. You have this data point. Yeah. Um, and that reminds me, it, re- it this, this, the research reminds me of when I was in high school. Okay. And I had this, oh gosh. So let me, let me take you to the beginning. It was my second senior year. Your second senior year? What? Yeah. So I dro- I'm a high school dropout, <gasps> believe it or not. Um, just kidding. There's no shame in that. No, <laughs> I mean, it's just my reality and I can't change my past. So own it. When I was, it was my senior year, I had bounced around from high school to high school. Woe is me. And I was working at that time five days a week at my father's machine shop. And then on weekends, I was a lift operator at a ski, a ski yeah. area. So I was working literally seven days a week. And I always had cash in my pocket, which I loved. Mm-hmm. But the problem was I couldn't wake up for school. <laughs> so I would get these tardies. Oh, no. And I wound up getting so many tardies that they gave me uh, before school detention. Oh, which is and like I'm, it's I'm, like I couldn't make regular school. Yeah, Are I you can't. Making me go to before like, it's school. It's such a stupid <laughs> philo- Like the the it like the math the decision on that does uh, not pencil out. It's like, hey, I can't show up, so make me show up earlier. earlier. <laughs> Makes sense. So then, I had exceeded the amount of days that were left in the remainder of the year. So then they started giving me after school. That would conflict with working. You're like, I'd rather have the cash. Because I need to work. Yeah. So then I, I literally did the math. And I remember this was my decision, good or bad. But I walked in and I was like, it doesn't, the amount of detentions and suspensions you guys have given me for being tardy, penalizing me more so for the thing that I'm doing, it totally doesn't make sense. I was like, it doesn't pencil out for me to be here. I draw, I quit. And yeah. I remember the principal like, uh, like backpedaling. And I was just, I, at that point, I was fed up. What did your parents say? Oh, they were freaking out. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, my mom would have dragged I was an idiot. I mean, I was 17 years old. It's like such an idiotic thing. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and, and my parents didn't know what was going to happen next. So what did happen, which was amazing, was... I wound up, there was an, uh, basically it was called like an alternative high school, it, yeah. essentially meaning the rules were way more relaxed. It didn't start until 9 a.m. Nice. Awesome. I can make it on time. But to go to the research piece is the principal there was Mr. Donahue, Mr. D is what we called him. And like this guy was a father figure. He recently passed and it was actually, it, it, he was very impactful on my life and still to this day. I lean on what he shares with me. And to give you context and reference, he was like this this older butch haircut. He would always wear his readers down <laughs> down yeah, low. Yeah. But like badass. Like he was a black belt in karate. Oh. He was a recovered alcoholic. He was a carny. Like just oh, wow. incredible. Really quite- colorful character super colorful and his passion was woodworking and he was the principal of the school so he actually ran the shop class and he was just such a genuinely awesome guy and I remember I had you know high school antics and I had a, a problem with like some of the other students and I went in to get his advice and he's like crusty sitting here with his readers and he was like consider the source and that piece of advice I use to this Consider day. The source. You've said that to me 
That's you know, you get like a crappy comment on one of your YouTube videos or you have a conflict. Consider the source. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so, I mean, that piece of advice, so glad you pass it on because it makes um, decisions a little bit better, especially when you're getting advice from randos and first of all, unsolicited advice. Yes. (laughs) I get a lot of that, you know, and then, you know, I'm very, uh, what's the word? Um, Impressionable. I guess, mm. and, you know, I kind of listen to everybody and like give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But there are times when I shouldn't <coughs> consider the source. And that's for me, that's when I run a filter Yeah. of consider the source. Yeah. And then it's like, well, they're not excelling in this category that I want to excel in. They're yes. probably not the best person for me to lean on for advice. Yeah unsolicited or yeah, not which is crazy because okay until i mean i think that is one piece of like really useful one if you're taking anything away it's consider the source consider the source um, and thank mr d every time thank you mr d because i remember one time um i have this good friend yeah. and she's very very smart went to a prestigious school and i was always asking her for advice about business um, because she went to this prestigious school you know and she talked like she knew what she's talking about but she was giving me like this information and then until you told me consider the source i was like oh hang on she's never started her own business <laughs> like yeah. she's like a very uh corporate like never um so why am i listening to her yeah. and and also that source you know she's very conservative not you know uh she's not willing to take risks um so i was like like sh- well meaning yeah. you know cuz obviously like you know she she cared about me um so no blame there yeah you know um and i did go to her it wasn't unsolicited but i stopped going to her for mm. advice because i was like this is not the right source it's like asking warren buffett about avocados <laughs> uh, you know and he may be an amazing he may be a phenomenal farmer yeah and if he is definitely ask about like then we take it back ask him thing. about avocados Exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm probably we're probably gonna get hate mail. He's an amazing. Didn't you know he has all these avocado farms? <laughs> he owns Berkshire Hathaway and an avocado farm. Berkshire avocado farm. Um. So. <laughs> okay. Let's move. Let's go. Here. Actually, okay. really quick. Oh. Let me just let me just tell you how I finished my senior year because I oh, yes, think yes, yes, okay. for for all those parents out there who's freaking out right now because their kids in a in an odd trajectory is I wound up graduating with high honors. And like literally it was, it was like a pluses and A's down, down the line. So there was, there was a really good ending and I do attribute it to Mr. D, which was phenomenal. Let's now move over to step number three. So step number three, consider the outcomes. Correct. I think this is where I wanted to talk about Tim Ferriss Mm. earlier, where he, I don't know, he did a talk or I don't don't remember where I got this from, but I know Tim Ferriss said, and he said, consider the worst things that could happen. I'd like to actually push it to the ridiculous. Yeah. What is the worst, absolute worst things? Like actually list them out and then address each one. Like if those worst things were to happen, what would you do? Correct. And and to your point, literally get a pen and a paper and write them out because when you think about them, they are, it's a different experience than when you actually write it on a piece Mm, of paper and you read it. And sometimes you read it and you're like, 
Really? Yeah. Like, really, this was actually a concern of mine? Right, you, right, right. And to see how ridiculous it was. It, it actually becomes, yeah. you move it to the category of ridiculous. Yeah. And, and it could be very well. Yeah. Uh, but it's worth it to, yeah, for sure. Write it down. Think about what's really worth. So, for example, one decision, big decision I had to make was, should I quit my full-time job and focus on just doing um, you know, this iPhone videography, uh, you know, hundred yeah. percent. Um, and at that time I wasn't generating anything, you mm, know, and then scary. I would have to dive into like the savings that I had in order to keep myself afloat. And so one of the worst things that I listed out that could happen was I can't make rent, <laughs> you know, I, I get kicked out of my house, like, and then I have to move in with my mom. Was I okay with that? Like if that was the worst thing, one of the worst things. And I was like, yeah, I can deal with that. Um, and, but in my mind, I was like, I probably wouldn't like let that happen. I'd have, you know, some way yeah. before it gets to that worst to, to stop the bleeding, for example. Mm-hmm. I would never let myself get to the point where I can't make rent. Kind of what I, but if it had to, I was okay with moving with my mom. Now, if she was okay with me moving with her, that's a different question. <laughs> yeah, and, and to your point with considering the outcomes, when I hired my first employee, what I did was I set up thresholds of, like, each month, yeah, I will evaluate if they're a good yes. fit. Yeah. And then at the third month, yeah. I will evaluate financially if this is the best strategy right. for me. And that actually goes to the, the fifth point is, you know, after you make your decision, evaluate, right? It, it does. But what I have found is you do want to evaluate, but move what you're going to evaluate to step number four. Like in, mm-hmm. in and it's actually part of your research, but... It's kind of like a choose your own adventure book. Yeah. If you make this decision yes, and it's not working out, what what is going to happen then? Yeah. And what are you using to base that decision on? It's kind of if you study or read uh, stocks like Ray Dalio. Again, it, uh, any decision based on just pure emotion is sometimes not the best one. Like if you look at stock traders, if they only based all of their decisions on emotion, they would be paralyzed and couldn't make any decisions. Yeah, you have to have your data points. You have to have a data point and you have to have your rules in play. Like right. like when I gain X percent, I will sell. Yeah, you do, when a, I you lose, do a limit order. And yeah. Correct. Those and it's always and really useful. Let's back up. Like we're these are not decisions of should I have tea or coffee, right? Right. These like, are big decisions, and and usually with very big decisions, the the separation of pain and pleasure, the gain and loss, are marginal. Yep. One may have a marginal gain and a marginal loss, and the other one, the two will be flipped. Yep. And it, it, when they're, it's it's kind of like, should I become a doctor or a lawyer? This it's, is really good. This will, like, I'll tell you about my grid. This will totally help with that. It'll, your grid? Oh, grid. oh. Okay. Let's, but let's, those are, like, remember those things. Yes. Well, let's talk about your grid. No, no, no. I mean, keep going. Let's go through your five steps and then, because um, the grid kind of is a good summary, mm-hmm. sort of, of how to put numbers against a lot of these um, things. So we are at the consider the outcomes, like kind of way weigh in the pros and cons and mm-hmm. and all of your if this then that yeah your strategies yeah. and then what you're going to build into step five is your evaluation points and then and that's for both sides yeah like if you've fully committed 
mentally to becoming a doctor and becoming a lawyer. You've created this whole map. Yeah. And now you get to step number four. Make the decision. What do you do? Yeah. The Jeopardy music comes on <laughs> and then you have to make a choice. Yeah. Make a choice. And you now know whatever you choose, there's an evaluation point. Yes. There's a really great um, story. Tony Robbins actually talks about this. There was this general, five-star general, gets gets basically put into the seat and he's new to the role. And there, there's been basically, where do we put our resources? Where should we put our army? And there's been two different camps and they've done like five years of research, both sides. And so he calls a 30 minute meeting. He listens to both sides and he's like, we're doing this. Goes back to his office. And one of the lower ranking comes into his office and he's like, sir, sir, permission to speak freely. And he's like, I don't understand your decision. We've been researching this for five years, all the pros and cons. And you sat for 30 minutes, not knowing yeah. the entire backstory. And you made a decision in just 30 minutes. Yeah. And he's like, young man, you guys have been deliberating for five years. If it's the wrong decision, we'll course correct. If it's the right decision, we'll have decided. Hmm. Nice. Like at some point you need to either poop or get off the pot. Okay. How do you course correct <laughs> there? You can't. No, if you get off the pot and you basically need to poop, make how do you? A, like just be decisive in in yes. in the face that's a, that's of one indecision. Point. Some things again are uh, course correctable. There are some things that are not. Sure, um, I understand that. You know, and I I get it. It's like it's hard sometimes to make a decision because you're like, you know, uh, can I undo this? What's the harm that it'll do? Consequences, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, you do really have to weigh that in. I agree. And I certainly don't want to sound casual about it. It is really tricky. Yeah. Yes. The research in that example was yeah. done for five years. Yeah. It, it was an exceptional amount. It wasn't the decision was made literally in 30 minutes. Like there was data that was reviewed. Yeah. yeah. And then the last step is evaluate your decision, right? It's yeah. like. Um, how do I do? How's it going? Can, do I need to course correct? Um, do I need to undo it? Can it be undone? Mm -hmm. You know, but I think sometimes you do have to sit with that decision for a while. This is where I waffle. Sometimes I, I, I think I made the decision, but I didn't. And I go back to the, ah, oh, it's just a nightmare. And that's for me, that's the, when uncertainty creeps in, Yeah, it's the unknown variables. Yeah. That's when I really start to uh, agonize yeah, over just you just can't there's not enough information or the time yeah. yeah hasn't occurred yet for you to actually make that actionable decision that's when it's just incredibly tricky yeah so let me talk about i know we've been like teasing this grid um that i've been talking about and this grid was introduced to me by my cousin who is a psychologist and after she told me about this, it I've based I've done this grid for all of my major decisions, including do I quit my job, do mm. I move, and so on. Even big decisions about mm. starting solopreneur one eighty or <laughs> not. Um, and here's the way it works. Mm -hmm. Let's let, let's just talk about something concrete. Like, should you okay? Up oh, and oh move let me bring Beverly Hills. No, my avatars, my oh, customer okay. avatars. Okay, because this is what I kind of use it on. So, um, one avatar was should I market to. Um, filmmakers and then the other customer avatar would be to um, small business owners they're kind mm. of very different right oh interesting um who did you decide on 
small business owners or, or people mm-hmm. that are need to d- make videos for their marketing or um, yes. YouTube and so on. Um, Agreed. Yeah. That's I, I rolled with that. I see that with realtors specifically. We have such touring homes. We have such an incredible amount of subject material mm-hmm. and just don't use it. Yeah. And, and then once we do have it, it's the, what do we do with it? Yeah. Um, it's such a missing piece I see within our, in this community. Yeah. So those were my two things. Okay. Yeah. So, um, let's call one, a uh, filmmaker versus business owner, A and B. Mm-hmm. Um, those are your columns, right? And then, um, your rows are the, your values. Remember we talked about values, the things that are important to you. Yeah. So for example, one was, um, how much can I relate to these avatars because if I can relate to them, the easier it is for me to market to mm-hmm. them, right? Because I know I've been there. I, I know what they're going through. And, and so vice on. versa. And it's vice easier versa. they can relate to you. Right? So yeah. um, to me, the relatability um, was on one row, right? And let me just do two rows. And then you just list out the rows, right? Um, easy access to the avatars, right, mm-hmm. is another row. So now you have, it's so hard without, like, uh, photos or, like, a chart whatever we'll have a downloadable so this is easier for you to imagine okay so you have these rows now you have to add multipliers to these rows mm-hmm. let's i'll give you a real number so to me how much is it worth that i can relate to these avatars yeah one to ten how much is how important is it to me mm-hmm. right so i say it's very important 10 okay? okay so my multiplier for that is 10 Okay. Move on to the next row. Access to the avatar. Oh, yes. Right? Like, how easy for, is it for me to access them so I can market to them, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think for me, it wasn't um, as important, so it was like an eight. Okay. Well, let's just say, let's do five. Let's just do like, you know, yeah. five. Okay, so one's worth a 10 in, and then one worth a five. Then I moved to my columns. Uh, from one to 10, filmmaker, right? Yeah. And take that row. What's the row? Um how much can I relate to the filmmaker? Yeah. I go one to 10. How, you know, I'd say uh, probably like a seven out of mm-hmm. 10, right? And then for a small business owner, I totally relate more than a filmmaker. So it's a 10. Okay. Right? So then I take my multiplier on the row, mm-hmm. right? So my multiplier for relatability was 10. So filmmaker, I gave them a score of seven. So 10 times seven, that number is 70. That makes sense. And then the filmmaker. I think uh, so. For the small business owner, I gave it a score of 10. Mm-hmm. And I give it multiplier of how m- worth. So it's 100. Mm-hmm. So add all that up. Go down the row of like all the things, your values and your multipliers. And then how does each c- um, rank 1 to 10. Yeah. So immediately you saw like filmmaker is 70 and small business owner is a 10. You just keep going down, 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 yeah. down that row. And whoever has the higher score, so it's not a pros and cons because you're you're listing out your values. Yeah. And how much do these options go against those values? So I love that. I think it's brilliant. And yes, like a traditional pro and cons list gets skewed because you can just basically spend more time in one category than the other. Right, right. And it starts to you can just very easily throw off the data like this. You're actually 
using some math. Yeah, and also your like your emotion, your value, how you feel about that one, because you can't just give it like, you know, each one just a nor- like a one point one point. This is because some things do matter more. Sure. So let's let's help us understand that piece a little bit more. What are some of the things that you're You've given us a couple, but yeah, like some more values. give us some okay. more examples. So let me give you another example Please. of like, uh, let's just take this not in my avatar. It's something everyone can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, moving. Okay. Where should I move to? I think to? we've all moved at least once. We've all moved at least once. Where should I move to? Should I, you know, right now I currently live in San Francisco. Um, should I stay here mm-hmm. or should I move to um, Oakland? Beverly Hills? Oakland, whatever. <coughs> Oakland. Um, East Bay. So some of the things that you would probably care about is um, your commute, mm-hmm. right? That's valid. Um, another thing I care about is um, schools, okay, right? Or walkability. Okay, does that matter to you? Um, so let's take those three things: right? proximity to friends, proximity to friends, and um, cost, right? So if I move to Oakland, my rent goes down by a thousand bucks, right? Space, I have more space, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's other values like access to friends. Everyone's in the city, for example. Mm-hmm. That goes down. Um, you know, walkability, that goes down. Yeah. Right? So how much does walkability matter to you? Me, one. Like, I don't care. Okay. Right? So, and then Oakland, how walkable is it? Uh, it's not that walkable. Gets a five. Okay. San Francisco, how walkable is it? Ten. You can walk to anywhere. Yeah. Right. So then seven miles by seven miles. So walkability, uh, San Francisco wins, gets a 10. Oakland gets what I say, a five. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, times the one. And then let's take another uh, value. Uh, what did I say? Like commute mm-hmm. um, uh, or something like uh, oh, space. Right. Yeah. Space to me actually matters a lot. Like I need more space. I can't have like a one bedroom. Mm-hmm. So space to me matters. Um, it's an eight. Okay. Not a 10. So Oakland, if I go to this house in Oakland, how much space does it get? I give it a 10, way more space. So 10 times eight. I like it. This is, this is brilliant. And then for San Francisco space out of one out of 10, it gets a two. Right. And then I take the multiplier. What, how much did I say? It's space mattered a lot to me. Right. Mm -hmm. 10 times two is 20. So if we kind of remember the math, um, I think the first score, the walkability for San Francisco was a 10 plus um, the 20. So you have 30 now, if I'm remembering this right. And then Oakland. But you can see where I'm going here, right? My math. Do you know what happens to me? I stop and ask for directions and like turn right up here and then turn left and you're going to go right and you're going to go up. And all I hear is. Yeah. Okay. I I saw your face right now. I was following it. Like okay. when I had the visual, but then you got into all the math. Okay, and and I'm, I'm just going to be honest. You lost me a little I bit. I know, okay. But, but I think if we do the download, I you that's pretty just genius. download the thing. Okay. Let's, let's definitely, I mean, now because we have to commit to creating this download. You will have a downloadable. Um, we'll make it easy. Because this one, you really need it because it really helps you because it's not just straight up. This has one pro, this has one con. You're putting like like actual numbers based on your values on yeah. the pros and cons. Well, and it's interesting too, is then you can weave in, you can weave in other, I feel this is how I feel like I would, I would add to it. But for example, if I'm trying to make an investment choice and I talk to Warren Buffett, yes. he actually takes my call. It's amazing. Um, like 
I'm going to give him a, a lot of of points in that category, and and I would, <laughs> meaning if he's saying, hey, like make this execute on this thing, I feel like I would want to somehow add that value to it versus. Yeah. I don't know how to articulate it, but essentially adding that to the val- value Yeah, like chart. what did Warren Buffett say and how much does it matter to me? Yeah, like if Warren <laughs> Buffett's like, hey, this is a crazy idea. You should never even attempt yeah. to even look at like it. Like how much is Then I want to weigh worth? that in. Yeah, like his advice is worth 10 out of 10, right? And then like you, know, you kind of, yes. I think that's a, a genius and elegant way to do it because big decisions have... Like the value difference can be like one, literally yeah. one. And, you know, should I become a doctor or a lawyer? It, it's like when when you do a pros and cons list, yeah. the, the line items are so minuscule. Yeah. You have to give numbers to those values because, mm. yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think, you know, we, we should be wrapping this up as kind of getting on the lengthy side, but I hope yeah. you found that super valuable, especially the grid. Like I can't stress enough how helpful that has been for me. Shout out to my psychologist cousin. Thank you so much. Shout out to Mr. D. <laughs> Shout out to Marie and Mr. D. All right. So uh, big takeaway from this is yeah. um, you really have to have something to fall back on. Be- otherwise, you'll just be waffling and ruminating in the middle of the night. Yeah. And I would say one of the things that have been helpful to me is obviously this grid. Um, download it, please, if you're totally in analysis paralysis right now, because it will help you. I agree. And and to your point, the waffling piece is sometimes if you can just get it out of your head yeah. and you can get it on paper and you can have it in a tangible place in front of you. And then you actually wrote out specifically your decision it's easy to refer back to it when you're stressed. A good friend of mine, Jennifer said like whatever is rattling around in your brain, when you're squeezed, it's going to come out. (laughs) Um, And it's, I always like imagine an orange just being squished, like orange juice is going to come out. So having it documented, my other secret and trick, Mm -hmm. which we didn't really talk about. And yes, I know we're wrapping it, wrapping it up. Come on, I'll talk talk super quick. (laughs) Um, I try to make all my decisions early in the morning. I tend to oh, that's good burn one. out that's on decision one. making in the latter part of the day. Like if you ask me where, to, where I want to go for dinner, I pretty much can't decide, especially if I've had a day of, oh, of do mental I know this? heavy lifting. I'm the one always making decisions about dinner. <laughs> um, but I try that. to, even with my team, like if it's a big direction decision yeah. or a global yeah. decision, I put those important meetings, they're on my calendar, usually around 11 o'clock yep. because I feel like that's my prime time. Yeah. That's when all the, yeah, ho- the you whole... You gave me really good advice about um, don't make a decision about your business uh, when you are feeling tired because it's going to really influence it. And I will straight up, like my um, my office manager will ask me like X, Y, and Z, hey, like what do you want to decide? And Great question. Let's put a pin in it, put it on my calendar for Mm -hmm. tomorrow and we'll address it then. Like I'm, especially in the latter part of the day, like six, seven o'clock at night, I just feel burnt out and I I don't have that mental capacity, but thank you for, 
for sharing that grit. I think that's incredibly helpful. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Realtor 180, where industry experts elevate your business. Be sure to subscribe and share this episode with a friend. Until next time, keep thriving.